you have the American dream. You run your own business. But running a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach another significant milestone. This is our 53rd episode, and we just completed our first year, so this episode actually begins the new year. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors and you, Visioneer Nation, who subscribe to this podcast, internalize our guests and their valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And our guest today is Kyle Brown. Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me. And if you hear some reverb in the background, it's because we're interviewing Kyle here at the River Lakes Golf Course Banker Room, which he uses for his own small business. Tell us a little bit about your business and what it is that you do. One of the things that I do is I run a networking group, actually a couple of them, mm-hmm. Bakersfield Business Networking Group. What we do is we meet on a weekly basis and learn more and more about each other's businesses and how we can help them grow their business, whether it's through referral, actually even use ourselves, or advice that we might have as a business owner that might help another business owner in growing their business, as well as we talk about upcoming networking opportunities that might be going on around town, whether it is through like a chamber, NOR, you know, DBA. And what is NOR? North of the River Chamber of Commerce. Okay. You know, there's several opportunities for people to grow their business and network with other businesses out there. There's civic uh, organizations, Rotary and Lions and stuff like that. There's Mm -hmm. charity fundraisers. There's lots of opportunities, and we talk about that here because our goal is to grow business. What we say is connecting businesses with success. How many chapters does your networking group have? We currently have three. Oh, and where are they? So we have two of them that are hosted here at River Lakes, one on Tuesday mornings at 7.30. Then we have an 11.30 on Thursday afternoons. And then we have our Petroleum Club group that meets on Thursdays at 11.30. And the beautiful part about it is these are all individual separate groups that have individual businesses that are exclusive to that group. Mm. Whereas our Tuesday morning group is our longest running, largest group, has about 20 members and there's one alarm company, there's one printer, there's mm. one real estate agent, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But we're growing all the time, getting new members and helping them grow their business. When a business owner chooses to belong to your group, mm-hmm. he's not only getting, or she is also getting, contacts within that group. But how does going beyond the group and getting those contacts and referrals help that business owner with your networking organization? Well, it's probably the best form of word of mouth advertising. If I'm out in the business world and I'm out working with either a client or out at a networking event or something like that, and let's say I'm just talking to somebody who's going, oh yeah, I just started a new business. I just got my storefront. I'm over at this location and we're doing all this great stuff. So I'm just kind of getting things together. Well, in my mind, I was like, how can I help you? Mm. How can I help you 
grow your business? Is it protecting your business? Because I know an alarm company that's really good and reliable. Is it helping you with credit card processing? Now, I don't do those things, but I know people who are good at what they do. They have an integrity in what they do, and I have no problem referring them to you or helping you find the services you need to be a successful business. And that moves beyond the group. Hmm. And the reason I can do that is because, let's take the alarm company as an example. Mm -hmm. I see them every week. I learn more and more about their business every week. I see their commitment to their business, their commitment to their customer over the time that I've gotten to learn more about them and Hmm. the owner Hmm. or the managing partner or whoever it might be that attends the group every week, Mm -hmm. you build that relationship and thereby their top of mind when I'm out in the business world, I then can share that knowledge. And economically, how is the affordability of a networking group like this different than doing other kinds of conventional advertising and promotions? It is probably your least expensive form of marketing. Mm -hmm. Our group currently is $200 a year. Mm. And you consider, let's say we take five weeks off for holidays of some sort, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, whatever it might be throughout the year. Mm -hmm. That is 47 opportunities to grow your business for what? Say $200, so that's what, just over three bucks, four bucks meeting, something like that. You can't get that opportunity for that price anywhere else, not even on Facebook advertising, right. the cost per click. You're not going to meet with 20 business owners for $4. What incentives do you have for the members that belong to the networking group to help each other with referrals and leads? Well, I wouldn't say there's incentives per se. We don't pay them. We don't incentivize them. It's something that is inherent in somebody who is an entrepreneur, who is mm-hmm. a business owner. They know what it's like to struggle and grow a business and they have a purpose and a reason for sharing and helping others. They've been through the struggle and they want to help grow that. Uh, Ron, why are you clinking glasses? I'm practicing my toast for our Geronco customers for this business this holiday season. Holiday party toasts? You betcha. This is a time of year when business owners and leaders that listen to this podcast call our shop or go to our website at com and reserve all their tables, linens, plates, flatware, and glasses for their holiday parties. But aren't all of your holiday party rentals almost reserved already? Not if any member of Visioneer Nation that listens to this podcast come down to our shop at 7501 Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or gives us a call at 661-325-0855 or checks us out on our website at Jeronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O, rentals with an S, dot com right now. Wait, let me get a piece of paper and a pen. That was 7501 East Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or giving you a call at 661-325-0855 or on your website at Jeronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O rentals.com. I'm here with Kyle Brown, the owner of the Bakersfield Business Networking Group. And if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Any number of ways they can call, which is, of course, 633-9200. Our website, which is either BBNG, Bakersfield Business Networking Group, 
.us or b the number 2 b ng.com either one of them they can get to us and get more information or just come on out to River Lakes on 7:30 on a Tuesday morning <laughs> just show up you're welcome to do that too and for uh, basically a cup a uh, cost of a uh, breakfast and a cup of coffee yep. you can you can expand your network and expand your business oh yeah the first couple of times you come for free mm-hmm. there's no cost of that. Just come out. You don't even have to eat breakfast. So there's no investment except for your time and growing your business. One of the things I wanted to explore with you is last week we had a great interview with Bob Meadows talking about mm-hmm. business banking. And it's a very traditional line of thinking for developing a business is you develop a concept, you go to a banker to to raise capital, and then you move forward from there. And you are what's termed as a serial entrepreneur. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about how the Bakersfield Business Group got started. Okay, well, it started in 2012, right at the beginning of the year, January. And how it started is, and this is kind of, you know, one of my traits or one of the things with me, is I'm not a big fan of being told no. (laughs) And I guess that's probably true with a lot of business owners. That's why they want to have their own business versus working for somebody else. In my case, I went to try and join other networking organizations in town, which they're great. There's Mm -hmm. no disparity on what they do. I wanted to join. The problem is one of my other businesses being printing was already taken because mm. they're exclusive. You can't get into this group or that group. Or, so there was nowhere for me to go to become a member and to grow my printing business. Mm-hmm. So I started my own. I grabbed some businesses that I know and we started our own group. As simple as that. This isn't the first business that you started. No. This all began back when. You worked for Black Angus. That's right. Tell us what happened. How I got to Bakersfield, kind of backing up a little more than that, Mm -hmm. I worked for Disney. Mm. And when I worked for Disney, I worked graveyard shifts, so I got to watch the sunrise over the Matterhorn. (laughs) Pretty amazing. (laughs) Um, I still think about that. It's amazing. But because of that, I had free time. Single, young, many, many years ago. I thought, I'm going to do something fun. I'm either going to DJ or drive a limousine. Now, why those two things came to mind, I don't know, (laughs) because I listened to talk radio. Mm. I owned one album. But Black Angus was hiring for DJs. They hired me. They liked me. This is down in Orange County. I grew very quickly in the company because I was not so much a DJ, but more of a marketer Mm. who knew how to DJ Mm -hmm. and wasn't afraid of the microphone. So I grew really quickly. Then they offered, after about a year, they offered me my own store up in Bakersfield, which I had no idea where that place was, but (laughs) I'm like, sure, I'm open for adventure. They moved me here, and I took over the Black Angus here as director of entertainment. Mm. I didn't have anything to do with food or anything. That got so lively. In fact, some of you that might be older may remember back in 92, 93, 94, the club was hopping. There were lines to get in. So much so that they fired me because it was actually taking away from the dinner business. <laughs> and they were losing money because the bar was so successful. I was, it was their training that got me there. I, I don't want to take credit for turning this around because Black Angus had a great structure for 
education for entertainers for that department. They really knew what they were doing, and mm. it showed because they stopped entertainment at all of their locations across the country eventually wow. because it was taking too much revenue from the dinner house. Mm. People would come and line up, and people would drive by going, oh, we're not going there for dinner, and right. the dinner house would be empty, but the club would be hopping. Right. That's how I got to Bakersfield, and that's when I had my last legitimate, I thought it was going to be my career job, mm. you know, at that point when they let me go in 94. Mm. Wife pregnant, baby on the way, no job. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do something. From there, I went to work for another DJ company as I got my equipment together and started doing weddings. And from there, back to not being told no, I went to, some of you may remember, Dottie Hyatt, the city hostess, she was producing bridal shows. And I had never done a bridal show or anything of that nature. And again, I went to her and said, I'd like to be in your bridal thing, whatever this is, opportunity to market my DJ business for weddings. And she basically said the same thing. These aren't verbatim words, but she basically said, nope, sorry, we have an exclusive with DJ Network. <laughs> so, and, and those are fine. Those are their, their choices in business. But for me, it's like, well, okay, if I can't be in your show, then I'll have my own. And I produced my first bridal show in 96, 95 or 96 at the Kern County Museum. And we had a stellar turnout that launched the whole bridal association. And what is the name of your bridal association? Locally, it started out as Bakersfield Bridal Association, but then we mm-hmm. got members that were further out. So we became the Kern County Bridal Association. Then by 99, we actually, because the internet was still relatively new, you know, mm-hmm. we think it's new now. It was new then. We were getting leads and people coming to our website from all over the nation. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we were getting a new lead every 14 minutes on our website um, wow. in the early, early days. So we became the Bridal Association of America. But locally, mm-hmm. we're known as the Kern County Bridal Association, but we are also the Bridal Association of America. We produce three bridal shows a year, a publication, and our purpose in the association is to be able to provide information for the bride on legitimate businesses that can help them plan the wedding of their dreams or an event. Whether it's a wedding or an event, it doesn't matter. And part of also is the Toro mm-hmm. app. How does that work, and, so, and how do you benefit from that? Toro is a completely separate idea. Toro is an app. It's kind of like Airbnb, but for cars. It's mm-hmm. peer-to-peer car sharing. How I got involved in that is I had a spare car that I was using for deliveries and then was... And what, what kind of a that car was That was a Mitsubishi Mirage. I still okay. have it. And we used it for deliveries of the wedding book. Well, at mm-hmm. some point, it stopped being used and a brand new car got 10,000 miles on it. Got to do something with this thing. I got to pay the payment on it every month. And so I came across this app called Turo. And I'm like, okay, I'll check out this. Download the app, put my car on there, and probably within two days, the Mirage was rented out. I was running out for 30 bucks a day. That goes out all the time because it's less expensive to rent a car on Turo than it is to go through traditional means. Mm. And sometimes it's easier because mm-hmm. Turo's kind of 24 hours a day. You go on the app, you find a car, you order it, boom, you know, you go rent it. Well, because that was going so well, I was able to get my dream car. Not my fantasy car, but my <laughs> dream car. And so I was able to, last year, get a 2014 Corvette Stingray convertible. 
beautiful car, cherry red. I love it. It's my dream car. And I haven't made a payment since November. Wow. Because averaged out, I rented out enough and make my percentage enough to make the payment and the insurance on it every month. Sometimes I'll make a little bit extra. Sometimes I'll make a little less. But it averages out to where I haven't made a payment since November on the car. And all this sounds like that you've built your business without the help of a bank. That's right. Everything is all through me. Bootstrapped. Bootstrapped. You know, I would buy a piece of equipment, add it to the DJ system, do a wedding, make a little bit of money, reinvest it, buy a second microphone, or buy a new light, or buy a laser, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. If it's the networking group, the networking group, you know, a new member, now we can afford to do an app. So everything is Mm self-sustaining. I'm happy to say, except for, you know, owing the government money, which I think we all do all the time. Right. I don't have any big credit card debt or anything like that. I don't have a loan with a bank. Mm-hmm. That's a plus. In general terms, one of the biggest caveats to bootstrapping is money management. Yeah. And you have to become very efficient and very good at money management. And this, quite frankly, scares a lot of business owners from bootstrapping their business. Mm-hmm. What is your philosophy and approach to money management so that you're able to keep a zero balance, make all of your payments, and still be able to put food on the table? I would have to say probably, and it's not always been that way. I did use credit cards at some point, but I tried to pay them off immediately. Um, Probably money management is the toughest thing to do because you see a new toy or to you it's a new toy or it's an investment and you want to get it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough. So you have to be able to say no or you just have to work harder. And sometimes that's the case. You know, I'll look at something that I want and the beauty of being the business owner is you go, okay, if I really want that, then that means that I need to do X. I need to get this, this, and this sold or these new clients so that I can afford this. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of working for yourself. It's not like, well, gosh, I'm off. It's 5 o'clock, so I guess I'll just go home. <laughs> you put in a few extra hours, you put in a little extra effort, you go out and you network and you build your sphere of influence and you grow your business and increase your revenue. Some things don't change. If I have one client only, my rent on my office building is the same as if I have a 1,000 clients. Mitigate some of that. I'll spread that over. My PG&E bill doesn't change much with more clients. My phone bill doesn't change. So you can, the more clients you get, the more revenue you can generate and more profit you can put it back into the business. It behooves you to get more clients and to service them well so that they keep coming back and you grow and you grow. This sounds like a classic interpretation of how to work on your business and not work in your business. My biggest struggle is delegation. Mm. And I know most of us struggle with that. I'm getting a little better at it. When I say a little, I mean marginally. (laughs) Um, But a little better, a little better, and a little better is a lot better down the road. How do you do deal with that? Because there's a lot of business owners out there who do have challenges delegating. Tell us a little bit about the process of how you were and the process that you're working towards. An example would be 
in my other business, my casino rental business. Uh-huh. Okay. I can't physically be at more than one event. Right. It's just not possible. And you can't be at every table. I can't be at every table. I can't deal blackjack and crafts and poker and roulette. You know, there's just things that you can't do. So you're forced into delegating, which is teaching me to delegate better. Hmm. Because of that, I've learned to trust people. And I trust people, but to trust them with my business and my reputation. Because that's the, I think the biggest thing that most entrepreneurs and small business owners struggle with Mm -hmm. is their reputation. It's not that I can't let you do this for me. You work for me. I'm paying you. I don't mind you doing this. The problem is you're messing with my reputation. Mm. If it gets set up wrong or you don't deal the right way or you didn't bring the stuff I needed to do my job well, then that's on me. That's my reputation, not yours, because they don't know that you're behind the scenes setting it up. And it's also not good practice to go, well, but it's Bob's fault. You can't do that. That's not a good business. Customer doesn't care. They don't care. That's the hardest part about delegating is getting past allowing somebody else to do it for you. I struggle with that, but it gets better because you get forced into it. Do I take that fourth casino event on the same night? For Christmas, yeah, okay. I'll take that event and put more dealers out there and take one of my trusted dealers and promote him to pit boss, and now he's in charge of that event because I've watched him do events before and I've stepped back. While I was there, I was in control, but I let him handle it, and I know that he can handle it without me there. As a small business owner, you are a visioneer, a pioneer with vision. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go, you know what you want to do and have, but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees, realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're talking with Kyle Brown, the owner of the Bakersfield Business Networking Group. One of the things I wanted to to explore with you is how the mindset of yours changed from when you were starting at Blank Angus and you were the DJ there, and then what propelled you into business ownership. And it sounds like that there was a big mental shift that happened in that and some lessons that you learned. And tell us a little bit about that. Okay, I'm not sure if there's a huge shift when I left Black Angus because I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. My dad was very entrepreneurial. Even though he worked in the newspaper business, he also did a lot of side things, and I kind of learned from him. Mm. As early as probably seven, eight years old, I was selling newspapers on street corners to having a lawn service to fun stuff here, um, (laughs) selling lingerie to the girls at the places that I worked at. Uh Uh-huh. Young dreams of 21-year-olds, right? (laughs) Um, But doing all those things. At one point, I was working in a manufacturing job, and I had a catalog of lingerie, and there was probably a 1,000 employees at this place, and I sold 30, 40, 50 of the girls, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, Mm -hmm. but I never thought that was going to be my career until Mm. I left Black Angus. And what changed? Growing up, I mean, you think you're growing up at 
25, you know, 26. But <laughs> growing up at that age, thinking, okay, I can do this. I can make a living at this. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you think, oh, I can make all the money and keep all the money. Well, <laughs> you do learn over time that a small percentage of it is yours. The rest belongs either to the business or to the government or other things. Right. Marketing and advertising, you start learning those things. Mm-hmm. The biggest mind shift is I felt that I was con- in control of my destiny. Mm-hmm. I was in control of how much I made and how much I worked and having the opportunity and the free time to spend time with my children and my wife mm-hmm. and really build that life and not be tied down to somebody's interpretation of, I need you here at this time and you can leave at this time. It's the only way I can, I couldn't work for somebody else anymore. It's too ingrained. John Lee Dumas is very famous for the acronym FOCUS, follow one course until success. Mm -hmm. You are definitely a serial entrepreneur yeah. with a variety of different interests on that. For some people, they, they get very nervous about doing multiple different interests and want to follow one course until success. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about why the, the term serial entrepreneur is not a bad word for you. It's not a bad word for me, mostly because of the fact that I believe an entrepreneur at heart there's a difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur. They, mm-hmm. There's a lot of crossover, mm-hmm. a lot. But the big difference is if you leave me alone for five minutes with my thoughts, I come up with another idea. Mm. I don't always act on them, but I probably have an idea for a new business every day. And do you write them down? No. Most of them I, I think of and go, oh, that's cool, and then I move on and, and don't even think about it again. But some of them I kind of keep track in the back of my mind and... Sometimes I even share them with other people going, this would be a great idea. I don't have the resources or the time hmm. to start another business, but here's an idea for you. Right. And I love to share, but I think to me what a serial entrepreneur is, is somebody who is always expanding and ever growing and trying new things. And sometimes it's just a little bit off center. You know, when you talk about being focused on one thing, that is to me, impossible. Mm. Because let's just take DJing. Well, I want to market my business. Well, how do I do that? Oh, a bridal show. Well, that has to do with my DJ business. But it's just a little off center, Mm -hmm. so now it's a new opportunity. Mm. Now I've got to market that bridal show to get the brides there so that I can book them as a DJ. Well, how do I do that? Well... I need a website, I need posters, I need flyers, I need bags to hand out to the brides. Okay, I don't want to pay retail, so how do I do that? Oh, I start printing. So now we go a little more off-center. I'm still a DJ who produces (laughs) bridal shows, who prints his own material, who builds his own website, who does his own social media. Who rents his own car. Who rents his own car. (laughs) <laughs> you know, everything, it, it get a little more and a little more off-center, but these are all separate businesses that all tie in together. You know, at one point, I bought a property because I didn't want to pay rent anymore. Well, now I own a property, and the company that pays the rent on it. I now rent it out. We've moved into a different location. But, again, just a little more off-center, a little more off-center. You know, at one point, I was at 
probably 200 weddings in my career, 250 weddings back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And I got called by, actually at this point I had other DJs working for me, so my delegation was getting better. (laughs) And he calls me, and I remember this distinctly, November 5th, 1999, he calls me and says, can you perform a wedding? I'm like, no, I'm a DJ. What what do you mean perform a wedding? Well, this couple that we're DJing for, I don't remember their names, had an officiant coming from LA and he didn't make it. He's alive, but he didn't make it over the grapevine for whatever reason, wasn't able to make it there. And they had like 200 people standing in a chapel at the Salvation Army next to the Italian Heritage Dante Hall, all ready for a wedding ceremony. At that point, they're like, we don't care if we fake it. We just have all these people, and we need to, we'll get the ceremony taken care of later. But to the public, we need them to think that we're having a ceremony. Can you come down and officiate our ceremony? Okay, sure. And (laughs) at that point, I actually went online, got ordained, went down, performed my first wedding ceremony because of the DJ business, because I'm a public speaker, and I'm in front of the audience, and I'm not afraid to speak. It grew into another little bit off-center another business it sounds like it's more like a tree yes it starts with much it because as it grows and it has branches then grows and branches and branches and branches exactly well it's just like you know if you're and i'm not this has nothing to do with me at all but if you're a caterer Mm -hmm. and you develop your own seasoning for your meat and people go that's great seasoning i want some and then you start packaging it and you start selling it well you're a caterer but you're also a topping seasoning person you know and then from there now you're a manufacturer and you, so you just you kind of grow and and it is a tree it's very much a tree you have your root and your base but everything else kind of grows from that for a visionary nation out there what is what would you recommend to them that they could do today to grow a strong and profitable business what my wife used to say before she passed her biggest thing with it. hers was in family but it's true in family and it's true in business show up hmm. if you don't show up then you can't service if you don't show up you don't meet the right people if you don't show up you go nowhere so show up and then work on the rest kyle this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast. You've given us a lot of great wisdom today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Ron, why are you clinking glasses? I'm practicing my toast for our Geronco customers for their business this holiday season. Holiday party toasts? You betcha. This is a time of year when business owners and leaders that listen to this podcast call our shop or go to our website at joronkorentals.com and reserve all their tables, linens, plates, flatware, and glasses for their holiday parties. But aren't all of your holiday party rentals almost reserved already? Not if any member of Visioneer Nation that listens to this podcast come down to our shop at 7501 Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or gives us a call at 661-325-0855 or checks us out on our website at Jeronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O, rentals with an S, dot com right now. Wait, let me get a piece of paper and a pen. That was 7501 East Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or giving you a call at 661-325-0855 or on your website at Jeronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O rentals.com.
Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.